I, I don't think there's another striker, like you said, that can come at you from all angles. Like as as in his his versatility in in, in attack is 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 better than than any other uh, striker, like you said. I, I want to give a kudos as well to the fullbacks for Napoli in this game, particularly because I think last year under Gattuso they were getting a lot of heat, Fabian Rui and Giovanni Di Lorenzo, and they were a constant threat in in this game as well as uh, Fabian Rui. I don't know what you thought of it, Maxi. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, as you said, they've they've improved this season, and overall, I think that that, that Napoli has a much higher ceiling quality wise this season. Um, I think they're they're more ruthless, uh, they're more attackingly direct, uh, and yeah, I I I really agree with you there, and um, it's an it's a new and improved Napoli this year. Yeah, I mean, I personally wasn't expecting them to to be as good as they've been. Uh, I'm I'm very impressed with how Spalletti has sort of put his touches on this team and gone, okay, I've got a bunch of very good attacking players. I have some good defenders. I have some good midfielders. But what's missing in this team is actually a bit of knack in terms of getting the results and getting the most out of them, which Spalletti has done brilliantly before and uh, Inter and and Roma as well. And they're now only three points behind, um, giving us a three-horse race. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, the the result for Milan won nothing in Napoli was also huge based off the tiebreaker as well because it's just a dead dead even set right now because if it would have ended in a a nil-nil draw or just any type of draw, it would have leaned in Napoli's direction. I'm not too surprised by it. Um, I really loved them last year. Um, I thought they were locked for top four. Lots of, I think they created a lot of chances last year, but then they didn't score as much as they should. Correct. Correct. Mertens and and Oshman missing massive amounts of times killed them. I don't think Gattuso's football isn't the most you know um, stylistically pleasing on the eyes. Um, even though I thought he did a good job yeah. weathering the sh- the storm out there. And, and all in all, listen, I, I think it's just a side that when push comes to shove, they're, they're really outstanding defensively, which was really surprising for me this season, considering the time that Gulabali missed. Um, uh, I mean, you know, Manolas was a disaster of a signing for them, which was really surprising. And just to kind of see Rahmani and Juan Jesus kind of step in and, and, and play really well. And Anguissa's arguably the best signing of, of the summer. I th- like there, there hasn't been a better mid defensive midfielder in my eyes this season than him um, because of the way Kessie kind of dipped this season in form. So um, I maybe give, I mean, I know he's not a new signing, but I think Benes is really, really under. Oh, Benes is obviously, I think he's the most underappreciated midfield in the league. Like we had people calling him injury prone because he had COVID once. Because so. he misses a lot. <laughs> I mean, we shouldn't laugh. We shouldn't laugh. But I mean, but I think Benes is up there. Brozovic is up there. I know he's not a new signing, but. Yeah, I mean, Brozovic, Brozovic in general, like him, him is just, I mean, he's unbelievable. I think he's arguably the most valuable to his team. The both of them are. Um, but yeah, it just, they're, they're amazing. Um, and, and kudos to him. He's been what uh, helps them tick. So th- this was a great match for them uh, yeah. to keep pace for top four. Yeah. Uh, still still in the race for, for Scudetto. There was a funny uh, moment sort of just after the players had come out after half time, where Osiman was basically yelling at the um, 
at management or whoever on the on the touchline because he didn't have his mask. So the, like the I think the second half didn't start for a good minute or so because he basically yeah. didn't have his, yeah. have his mask. I'm I'm an admitted man. How much how cool does he look with that mask? I don't know if you saw the celebration when he scored either the first or second goal, but he took a cap. He took a picture of like the audience with like mm-hmm. somebody's camera. So it's like a, I, I want to get this picture and put it as my new Avi. Avatar is what it what it was short for. Telling or <laughs> what do they call it? Twitter is that right? Avi? I don't know why they call it Avi. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm like I, so. So listen, if anybody has that, like a picture of uh, of Ossiman with a big ass camera, send it my way, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think like Napoli last season, we we know since. The, even since his Milan days, that Gennaro Gattuso, he's very, very talented with getting a squad together and and sort of found this this chemistry of like us against the world. And I think he did that last season with with Napoli. And Spalletti has that same trait as a manager. But what Spalletti has added this season is he's He's better tactically than Gattuso, I would say, and that that's taken up. Yeah. The ne- that's helped Napoli take the next step this season. Yeah, I think it's a good. That's a really good point, actually. Just tactically, he's he's slightly better. Not to say Gattuso did a bad job. So I mean, no, no, no. Round, rounding off the top four, then Juve picking up a win against Sampdoria, two one. Was it three one? It was two one. Three one. It was two one or three one. Three one. Three one. Um. You know, Mad, Mad, Mad Max, man. Mad Max. We love him on this podcast. Mad Max is doing his thing. 14 and beaten. Uh, the, the two goals they scored within, I think, the, the first two shots on... Uh, sorry, they, they scored two goals, but it was only registered as one shot on target because Yoshida scored an on goal. I just looked at that stat and thought, literally, typical Mad Max Allegri. Well, that's football, though. I mean, just... To sum it up plainly, you don't have to play great as long as the ball goes in the back of the net. That's all that matters, and that kind of happened in the cup. And that just—that's just Allegri in a nutshell. But like, you, you do not... I mean, did you see that Coppa Italia versus Fiorentina by any chance? <laughs> I'm laughing because that, yeah, I, actually, I did. Yeah, that was that was a better example because they were abysmal, outplayed the entire match, and they score because of an own goal by accident. Uh, obviously, um, <laughs> against Fiorentina, which wasn't a way goal, by the way, so it counted <laughs> twice. Listen, they're <laughs> playing great in terms of getting results. I think they've obviously been playing their best stretch of football all season, and that's just not even reflective of the results going on. Paulo Dybala goes down. You don't have Chiesa, obviously, with that injury. Bonucci's been hurt. Chiellini's been hurt. They haven't really skipped a beat. And I got to be honest with you, Dusan hasn't even been scoring in that many of these matches. Zakaria got hurt as well. They've just found ways to grind out results. Yeah, McKenney as well for the rest of the season. He's just finding ways to get results despite not being at your best. And that's that's still why they still have the core of a lot of champions within their squad from all those Scudetto winning teams and and Allegri bringing that back. So again, I, I, I think... This is, I don't think they're going to win the title. I think the gap is still a little too big for them. But I do have to say, it completely changes their outlook heading into next season. And we'll see what happens tomorrow in the Champions League as well, because they can get to a quarterfinals. It it slowly turns into a very, you know, successful season, season. considering what the outlook was. When it was looking looking really, really bleak, I have to give flowers to Max Allegri. I know 
the football is not exactly the most pleasing on the eye, but at least you know what you're mm-hmm. going to get. Like you knew what uh, Max Allegri was going to come back and and I don't know be the ne- uh, a big big <laughs> impressor or play tiki taka. He, he spent studied two years that um, out of the game studying the football, the way that and they he's playing the same been, stuff. And that was the only and thing he needed he to say. <laughs> I know how to win. You guys don't know how to win the title. Like they lost their first title in in years. And listen, they should have far and away have won the league when they were with Saudi and had Cristiano Ronaldo. There's just like the, the guy had like he he just missed out on Higuain's record that Immobile tied. Um, so yeah, I mean, listen, yeah, it, they still to this day though they still have the highest wages by far, um, right next to Inter. So again, it's you could argue that it is underperforming to a certain extent, but after the rocky start, it's a fantastic rebound. I, I think so, and this team's heavily in transition as well, so. I think it's turning out to actually be a very good season for you there. What do you think, Max? Yeah, you did not expect this uh, at the beginning of the season, but they they really buckled down and then just grinded out those wins uh, to get where they are today. And it's it's a bit like like we talked about uh, during the Milan segment that they they find ways to win, even though they might not score as much as. <sighs> As you'd think they'd score, but at least they get three points at the end of the day. So that that's um, that's what they're doing. Yeah. Um, uh, the Scudetto race or Scudetto picture now looks like this. Milan top on 63. Napoli second on 60. Inter third on 59, albeit with a game in hand. Uh, and Juve on 56 points on fourth. Let's just, um, I think this leads into it well. So let's just go through the the breakdown of what every team has left to play and get everybody's predictions. And AC Milan still have to play uh, Cagliari, Bologna, Torino, Genoa, Lazio, Fiorentina, Hellas Verona, Atalanta, and then a very tough last game against Sassuolo. Uh, and Inter Milan, on the uh, on the other hand, have to play Fiorentina. That's the next game. Juve. Verona, Spezia, Roma. Jeez, that's a tough one. Udinese, Empoli, Cagliari, Sampdoria. It's not easy. <laughs> um, I... No, I mean, uh, I, I think that I think that Inter have the the, the the toughest one. Let me just get up the the Na- Napoli have Udinese, Atalanta, Fiorentina, Roma. Juve have the easiest by far if you wanted to use them in the conversation because I think I think they could serve, they could easily finish second. It's not like out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I mean, I I think it, it kind of depends on advancing in the Champions League, right? I don't I don't think that's out of the realms of possibility either. But seven points is quite a big gap um, because those are all those other fixtures that you have to worry yes. about that they play because they still have the Coppa Italia leg against Fiorentina at home. That's on uh, April 20th. And then you kind of like gear it up. Like that. Fi- those final two to three matches are not that easy for them because you're there May 8th, Genoa. They're still going to be trying to stave off re- relegation. I mean, and trying to not draw a game. Yeah, <laughs> unless they draw for like the 12th time in a row. Lazio is difficult. Um, and obviously Fiorentina, the bad blood there on the final match <laughs> day. That's like... To, to right there, and then who knows what happened the inter game is the most fascinating one of all. In my yeah. I really I really do think. Um, having said that, AC Milan have a really, really tough like final five games. You have uh, 
Lazio, Fiorentina, Verona, Atalanta, Sassuolo. Um, And Inter's last five games in comparison are Roma, Udinese, Empoli, Cagliari, and Sampdoria. So if, like, you know what I mean? So if it comes down to last five, Inter probably have just the advantage there a little bit, I think. Yeah, but I think what what might be Inter's problem is their next five coming games. And if they if, if they struggle there, they might not even be in the race for the final five games. Correct. Uh, correct. And I mean, like, how much how much does potentially, because, again, with Coppa Italia, and I'm just, like, kind of thinking about it from a morale standpoint and what we were talking about with, you know, licking their wounds and how they don't seem to be over that derby loss. It was a 0-0 draw when Milan hosted in the Coppa Italia. We're talking about away goals being important. Maxi, Milan scored one or two against Inter, which is definitely a possibility. Yeah. Like Inter have to score a lot, okay, in, in, in that return leg because they obviously count for twice. What does that do demoralizing-wise for Inter? Like the, the, the amount of negativity that they could be picking up if Milan – Knocked them out yet again. That's four matches in a row that they could not beat Milan after destroying and owning them for years, yeah. Maxi. That's a side that we could not beat. And all of a sudden, the ties have slowly been turning like that. I mean, to me, the mental edge right there. And and you know what's funny? Because Milan started dropping points again. Like That's that's why it was so frustrating because they, they have that crazy win over Inter in the Derby and then they drop the points in those next fixtures. But just to have that edge and then like, you know, Inter have to be playing those matches that they have to play. There's just a scenario in which I see like Inter really internally combusting because they seem visibly frustrated and upset. When things are going bad for this Inter side, it kind of seems to, you know, snowball and get only worse for them in the middle of the match. I know they scored in stoppage time, but they were not they were not looking good. They should have lost that like 2-3-1, especially if the penalty was called. So yeah. Or if if Brekalo had scored, oh, that was that was horrible. I was screaming at my yeah, TV. Yeah, I don't that. know why you didn't pass it. You pass it for an opener. Um, so yeah, I mean, some some uh, a tough running. Oh, it's going to be. I think it's going to be really interesting. I think it'll go to the wire. I, I think I so hope too. So. Yeah. I hope it does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want this over with, man. I just like either win or lose. Like, don't make my heart go down to the last match and last kick because. That's too much for me right now. I don't know. That's at least you're up there. At least you're up there. Uh, it was it was hard heartbreaking a few a few seasons ago when Milan was stuck in the Champions League. Oh my god! The final, that was game, final game of the season. I I can't imagine what losing the title would be in that same way. Uh, I don't think it would be worse than the Muntari situation because of what followed there soon after. Because. Even despite them maybe not winning the title this season, the future still looks great. So I'll say that. Yeah, the future is... Even, even though I want to win it. <laughs> the, the future is bright. Um, the quick quick word then, now that we've done the Scudetto challenges and, and, and their running, what about relegation battle? Who do we see going down this year? Uh, I, I think, as, as we touched upon earlier, that Salernitana is... Uh, they're out. Yeah, I I think Jan Weiss out too. No, nah, they're done. I think I think they're done. I think well, let's let's yeah let let's take Selenitana out of the picture because they're just that. I know they have two games in hand as well, but they I don't anticipate um, 
doing a Doheny as as then as their manager no, normally does. Um, I, I think they've drawn four out of the last five games, which is sort of solid. But I just don't, I just don't see picture them them getting anywhere. Having said that, it would be an amazing miraculous comeback. David Nicola has a has a reputation for doing that, but let's just cut that off. Genoa on 19, 19 points in nineteenth. They've just drawn again. Sixteen draws this season. <laughs> sixteen. One win yeah. with sixteen draws. Like sixteen. That's mad. Like sixteen out of their points has come from draws. Sixteen out of nineteen points draws. Yeah. So they they still have Torino, Verona, Lazio, Milan. Um, it's a tough running. Is Napoli. Ma- they, they have so many. Yeah, Napoli and Juve back to back. I know. I I see them getting relegated. Yeah, they, I want I them to get relegated. Usually they fun. always manage to stay up, but I don't think they do that. It's been too much from this year. So if that's the case, shout out. We want to give a big shout out to my boy and our boy, Matteo Destro. I hope you're doing well, man. <laughs> Take care, Matteo. Um, I think as the final team. I guess it would be Venezia. Well, no, Venezia. Venezia. I mean, they've got a decent. There's some games they like, got a game in hand too. I, I think there's some games that they could win there as well. They played fine yesterday yeah, against Lazio. I, I thought, it really wasn't. It really wasn't a poor display. But they, they've played well in parts this year, but also Cagliari have the João Pedro factor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen. What do we got? Spezia, Venezia, Udinese. Fiorentina, Atalanta one is a tough one. They have Sampdoria, which is a winnable game for them. I don't think their schedule is that too too crazy. I mean, we could have a potential one on the last match day when the Venezia play Cagliari. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's that's a potential that's the, relegation. The last fight last, last yeah. game. So hopefully we get to see Mazzari versus uh, Venezia's coach. I I, can't, yeah, I, I fail to no, that's that's Spezia. Oh yeah, right. I always don't, those that, don't disrespect Venezia. <laughs> it's, it's Paolo. It's Paolo Zanetti. It's Paolo Zanetti. <laughs> to be honest, I always mix up uh, Spezia, yeah, Venezia. Spezia and Venezia. Yeah. So yeah, let, let's see if we can we can we we get a relegation showdown. Finally, to round things off, uh, Martino, we have a segment that we do every week. It's called Asshole of the Week and Goat of the Week. Firstly, let's. I'll I'll start off. Goat of the Week for me has to be Bremer. Bremer for Torino. He was uh, sort of without sweat, kept Inter's forward line in his in his back pocket. Yeah, I mean, amazing player. And apparently Fabrizio Romano is saying that's the one they have their eyes set on um, this summer. So if he goes there, I mean, damn, that's a huge addition for Inter, especially with the way De Frey's been playing. So, yeah. yeah. Should, should I just go for mine? Yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go for your go to the week. Uh, Maxi, I'm sorry if I stole it from you. I have no idea if he's yours, but Pierre Colulu, obviously, mm. I love him. Um, that outside the box uh, left-footed curler was fantastic. I mean, again, stepping in out of position as a center back and him and Tomori have been phenomenal. I mean, their performance at, at Napoli was was something that it could go down in the history books for, for Milanisti if they're able to win this title because that's one of the performances that fans will always revert back and point to as one of those without Pierre Colulu stepping up at the Maradona, like there's no way Milan win the title like that. So for me, um, and then obviously the game-winning goal in, the, in this one against Empoli, and a must-take for three points that sees Milan go clear of Serie A. So I have him. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I have... Uh... 
I have a bit of an outsider. It's uh, Hamed Traoré in Sassuolo. Mm. Uh, Beast. Maybe not for, for his uh, display specifically just this week, but he's been in great form now for like a month or so. And I, I think that he needs to be celebrated because he he was on the score sheet again this weekend. And yeah, he's he's really had a good run of form. So on that Empoli side with Krunic and Benacer, and he was the one that uh, I think Milan tried getting at one point, but uh, Sassuolo came in and scooped Yeah. Up. Cool. And finally, I think we already spoke about it off air. Who's who's our soul of the week for us? Martino? The pleasure is yours. Ah, well, well nah, we are the, we on, the nah, same well, every, Everything is just Milan is tea. I listen. It's Guida easily. I mean, the the, the uh, decision. I, mean, I, don't, not... I don't disagree with the with the decision. To be fair, <laughs> but I'm um, I'm gonna personally give it to. I mean, this this might be a bit of a controversial choice. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it to Jose Mourinho actually. Why? Because <laughs> just because? No, no, I'm joking. Um, it, it's another draw at Udinese, and uh, Maxi U- Udinese drew with Roma, and we didn't even get to see Udalgi score. You um, dog yeah. um, <laughs> But because the eight points of fourth, biggest biggest spenders in the summer, and they, they drew again. It's like, have they even gotten past what Fonseca did? No, no, I don't. But I don't think can't, so. You can't, Just because Mourinho is Mourinho, like you can't. And he's a. I think he's personally a has been mainly because of the tactics, but. I don't see any improvement, really. Attacking play, a counter-attacking play, maybe, but I, I, don't, I think he should be doing better with some of the players he has. So. I mean, Elder Shemurdov, or however you say his last name, was probably the worst signing of the summer in Serie A. Around 20 million euros from Genoa. He's done nothing for them. Mm. Yeah. I mean, he's not had the most game time, but, but um, yeah. I mean, the, Tammy Abraham's been one of the best buys of the summer. So, I mean, that's my ass of the week. So, sorry, Mourinho. Uh, and and yours, uh, Maxi Martinez was Guida. Is that right? Yeah, correct. I mean, you you can't have that type of mistake and make that type of mistake and and not be out for the week. I think he's the ninth referee suspended after poor decision making. Ninth, which is god yeah, damn is, is, man. A, a lot. A lot of them came after. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, Roma matches. So it's kind of ironic and funny. But yeah, listen, I mean, this this league that has a dark history with refereeing decisions can't go back like that. No. So yeah, it's... I mean, I got I got a jet in a second. So Guida, asshole. No, we're easy. done. We, we, we've done that. Said Guida, your asshole of the week. Martino Puccio, thank you ever so much for joining us, man. It's been a pleasure to have you. No, thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. Always a pleasure talking to Maxi, and then great to meet you and discuss Serie A. Um, just good luck with some of the Mourinho fans, by the way. They're they're crazy <laughs> rabbits. So best of best of luck with dealing with them. Yeah, well, I, I I'm RIP my DMs. At least my DMs will be popping for once. Maxi, thanks as always, my friend. I will see you next week. Have a good time at work. Thank you, listener, for joining us, whether it's Spotify, Anchor, or Apple Podcasts. Please check out everything on breakingthelines.com with some cool new articles on there. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.